Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Cosmos, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey, and Cosmos Possible Worlds. Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey Episode 3, titled, When Knowledge Conquered Fear. I'm going to be honest, whenever I hear that title, my mind immediately goes to, like, Batman creating a knowledge gas to conquer Scarecrow's fear gas, and there's just two (laughs) gaseous toxins roaming throughout Gotham, battling for supremacy. (laughs) The citizens of Gotham are just sitting there going, Oh my god, spiders! The square root of pi is, Oh my god, snakes! Uh, e equals mc square. Oh my god, John Voigt! Uh, anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> Wait, I just... that That's where my mind goes. That's where my mind goes. I don't know why. I am a dumbass. I am a nerd. <laughs> this is what... When I, uh, when I talk about science shows, apparently. (laughs) Science and Batman, that's what you've come to expect on the television archive, somehow. Anyway, this episode's great. (laughs) This episode's genuinely great. It's all about comic, uh, comics? Damn it. (laughs) Great start. Great start. (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Screw it. It's all about comets. Uh, How humanity has perceived comets throughout the eons, throughout, uh, throughout the generations. How science has sort of shown how the entire solar system works, uh, including comets. uh, And it's very, very, very well handled. I love the metaphor that Neil deGrasse Tyson opens with in this episode of <laughs> humanity being an abandoned baby left on a left on a doorstep with no note describing our purpose or where we came from. We had to figure it out all on our own. We're just left with a mystery to our existence. That 
is a brutal metaphor, but it actually works perfectly. (laughs) We're all dumpster babies. We're all dumpster babies. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, But from there, we talk about how early humans looked up to the stars and used them as a calendar uh, of when to do certain things, when they had to move, when they had to hunt, uh, when certain big deals for them were happening. They used it as a calendar. It was a constant for them. And so when a comet would show up, they'd start freaking the hell out and start to see it as, like, an omen of doom. Uh, And, like, constantly there's a lot of history that's filled with People using comets to prophesize certain terrible things that were about to happen. And Neil deGrasse Tyson jumps from that directly to, here's what comets actually are, here's how they work, here's where they come from. Uh, He goes into the orc cloud and all that, uh, and talks about, like, their masses of ice and rock, and... Uh, how they sort of move throughout the solar system, sort of get tugged by uh, gravitational forces of the planets, of the sun mostly, uh, and how we sort of see them from Earth. Like, we sort of see them as, like, the rapidly evaporating ice rocks (laughs) with the tail and all of that, And, and he does this deep dive into everything we know about comets. And then we get into the meat of this episode. Uh, What most of the episode focuses on, which is the collaboration between Halley and Newton. And how that collaboration and everything that collaboration brought forth completely changed science and completely changed our perceptions of the cosmos. And Neil deGrasse Tyson tells this story so goddamn perfectly. Like, just like all the best stories that Cosmos tells, both Sagan and Tyson, uh, he does a great job of balancing the typical here's a all this man's accomplishments. This man did this, 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 and this. And a general storytelling feel. Generally, like, making it compelling. Making the story relatable. Making the story engaging for a television audience. So, you meet Hallie and you meet Newton as children. You sort of see how their curiosity of the world and their scientific uh, knowledge, scientific endeavors sort of blossomed throughout their lives. Uh, How they did certain things that they did. uh, How one would spring off to another, to another, to another, to another, to another. Uh, The villain, the evil Robert Hook, who was brilliant in his own right, but also kind of... Screwed with Newton a lot, and every time Newton did something amazing, Hook would say, He stole that from me! He stole that from me! Well, uh, do you wanna... you wanna offer proof of that? 
No, he stole that from me. Uh, and like you really get into the narrative of Hallie and Newton uh, and how Hallie showed up with the question, hey, we're trying to figure out the mathematical laws of the universe. We're trying to figure out how mathematically the planets move in the way that they do, trying to establish a mathematical law of planetary motion. And Newton's just like, oh yeah, I figured that out like five years ago, dude. Yeah, I just sort of discarded it. And how he's like, um, we need do book now. And then Newton wrote up all his stuff. Halley fought to get in print. You see the struggles of all that. Uh, the Royal Society just saying, hey, um, we sort of burned all our money on the history of fish. <laughs> We burned all our money publishing a book about the history of fish, which no one gave a shit about. Uh, yeah, you have your revolutionary findings of uh, mathematical laws of planetary motion that will change science forever. But, like, man, we just spent so much money on fish. <laughs> we spent so much money on history of fish. Also... Uh, we can only pay you in copies of History of Fish. <laughs> I love that! I love that, like, just little... Not only was this book, like, just slammed into purgatory because of History of Fish, but Hallie's salary had to be paid in copies of History of Fish, a book nobody wanted. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, but then the road to self-publishing and all of that, like, they tell this story so, so well. I also love how Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, includes the legend that when Newton was in charge of the Royal Society, he took a portrait of Hook and just burned it. <laughs> it's like, just, <laughs> no one will remember you now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it was a great, great story that Tyson told very, very well in a very compelling way. Uh, balanced out with just like, hey, here's all the things that both uh, Hallie and Newton accomplished in their lifetimes, and it's a long list. It is a very, 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 very long list, uh, which then leads into Hallie applying these mathematical laws that Newton formed and that he published uh, into comments. And trying to figure out how comets move. And like this meticulous research he did into all the known sightings of comets. Uh, figuring out that three comet sightings were one and the same. And, uh, and that being Halley's Comet. And then predicting with such accuracy. Okay, this comet, it's coming back 50 years from now at this exact time. In this exact trajectory, uh, this is gonna happen. Get ready. And sure enough, that prediction came 100% true. It came at that exact time 
in that exact trajectory. And now we observe Halley's Comet every 76 years. The next time it's coming, by the way, uh, as Neil deGrasse Tyson says, is 2061, I believe. Yeah, that that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> uh, 2061. I will be 64, I believe. Math hard? Yeah, 64. Uh, oh, God. What will I be like at 64? Probably dead. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to see how he's common in my lifetime. I'll probably be dead by then. <laughs> I'll probably, like, just have a heart attack and just keel over. I- I'm still thinking, like, heart attack by 40. <laughs> just bleh. Uh, uh. But, uh, God, this is a dark episode. This is a dark <laughs> episode today. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm going into the dark humor of just knowledge gas, dumpster babies, and me being dead by 64. That's, that's, that's my humor today. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's where I am. That's where my head's at. <laughs> Happy President's Day, everybody. <laughs> But then this episode ends, and Neil deGrasse Tyson predicts the future himself. Apparently, calculations have been done, observations have been made, and we know that in a few billion years, the Milky Way galaxy and the Andromeda and the Andromeda galaxy will merge. Now, no stars will collide, life in both galaxies will be safe, but like Boy, are they going to get a real pretty light show. <laughs> and we got a graphical representation of this. And it got, it looks so breathtakingly beautiful. And I want to travel to that point billions of years into the future and just see it. Because, my God, <laughs> that is so awesome. I love that with every fiber of my being. It's great. It's real, real great. Uh, anyway, yeah, great episode all around. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just push my button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if it feels inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, uh, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to uh, the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month, or if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow, we will be discussing Cosmos, A Space-Time Odyssey, Episode 4. Talk to you then.